Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the lucky 13th episode of Real Travels, the podcast for film and TV lovers who also love to travel. My name is Lisa Iannucci, and by now you know that I'm not only the founder and host of this podcast, I'm also the author of On Location, the film and TV lovers travel guide, which you can order on Roman Publishing's website at rowman.com or get an autographed copy through Oblong Books in Rhinebeck, New York, where you can visit their website at oblongbooks.com. They're actually a local indie bookstore near my house, and I love them. So thank you so much for, for holding on to my autographed copies of my book so you can check them out. So I'm still trying to figure out what I should dress up for this year at New York Comic Con. I'm going to have a book signing there for the book. And I'm a little confused. Uh, I've always wanted to do cosplay, and I know that I want to go there and I want to dress up, but now I'm not too sure if I should dress up as a character that's mentioned in my book or if I should dress up as what I want to dress up as, which if any of you out there watch Overwatch, you'll know um, Sombra, who has a killer costume or outfit, and I want to wear that too. So I don't really know what to do. So if you have any ideas, you can tweet them to me at Virgin Traveler on Twitter. Let me know uh, what you think I should do. So I just got back actually a few days ago. I took a day and a half jaunt up to Boston, Massachusetts, which is only about three hours north from where I live. And I spent time with my youngest daughter, Samantha, who's going back to college this coming Saturday for her senior year. And we had some mom-daughter time before she left. And while I was there, I absolutely had to go one place, and that was where everybody knows my name. We went to Cheers. Uh, Unfortunately, nobody but my daughter knew my name, but she was so cute. She actually sat at the bar with me and yelled it out as I was sitting there eating. So it was fun. And the food was really good. I enjoyed her pizza. She had some uh, barbecue chicken flatbread pizza, and I had what was called Diane's pasta, and it was pasta and veggies, and it was really, really good. And I want to thank the Aloft Hotel Boston Seaport District who put me up for the night. I took over their Instagram account. That was a blast. I hope they liked it. It was really just a snippet of my day in Boston, my time at the hotel, us checking in. I got to tell you, the place is really nice. It's super clean. And if you know me, that's the number one thing for me in a hotel. And it's got this contemporary design, and the people are just super nice. And when I go back to Boston, and I will, because we didn't really have too long, 
I'll stay there again in a heartbeat. The bed was super comfortable. The hotel's across the street from this lawn on D Street. It's a park with games you can play and the coolest swings you'll find. The only suggestion that I have, and it's not about the hotel itself, it's more about the location. The hotel has food and a bar and snacks, but except for Dunkin' Donuts right down the street, we didn't really walk too far around the place but I didn't really see a lot of places for you to find snacks and food. Keep that in mind. I'm sure if I had gone a little bit further, I'm sure someone's going to call me out and say, hey, there was a place if you only went one block over. But we only went a short distance, and we couldn't really find a heck of a lot. So just keep that in mind that you may be eating at the hotel or at Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast or, you know, bring your own snacks. So another thing I'm excited to tell you about is the National Comedy Center in Jamestown, New York has finally opened its doors. We went to Jamestown a couple of years ago where we went to the Isle of Lucy Comedy Fest, and it's held every August. And when you go there, you not only get to see some of the best comedians around, but you do everything Lucy-related, and you can squish grapes, and you can make a Vitamita Vegemin commercial, and you can roll candy and try to keep up. And we did all of that, and we had such a good time and saw the museum. And at the time, the National Comedy Center wasn't built. It was really probably about halfway. So we didn't really get a chance to, to obviously tour the place. We just saw it from the outside. And it's this huge building, and it's housing the history of comedy pretty much. So you get to see some memorabilia of Red Skelton and Richard Pryor. And if you don't know who these people are, there's YouTube, you can look them up. Red Skelton actually also has his own museum dedicated to his legacy. So the National Comedy Center was pretty much this concept of Lucille Balls that she wanted a place to honor all of the comedians and all of the work that's done in comedy. And not only did she get that, unfortunately, isn't alive to see it, but it is located in her own hometown. You don't need to go there just in August when the Comedy Fest is going on. You can go and see the Comedy Center at any time, and you can check out ComedyCenter.org and plan your trip. I mean, I can't wait. I haven't had a chance to go see it yet, but I know about a lot of the information that they have inside, a lot of the exhibits. I'm really excited. This place looks amazing. So definitely keep the legacy of these comedy of these comedians alive and check this place out. So thank you so much for uh, the Comedy Center for what they've done. And again, check it out at ComedyCenter.org. So before we get to this week's interview, let's once again give a shout out to this week's real travel sponsor, Greg Ansnell and his company, Mickey Travels, LLC. Mickey Travels is an authorized Disney vacation planner and one of a select few travel agencies in the world to be designated by Disney destinations with platinum earmark status. I want platinum ears, <laughs> platinum Mickey ears. They are nationally recognized as a leader in planning magical Disney vacations, and their services are always 100% free. Visit their website at mickeytravels.com or find them on Twitter at Mickey Travels. So today, speaking of the classic comedians, and this really fits well with what we were just talking about, about the National Comedy Center, about Lucille Ball, about Red Skelton. Today, my guest is Gary Russeth of the Laurel and Hardy Museum in Harlem, Georgia. And in our conversation, we talk about Stan Laurel, the duo Laurel and Hardy, and the Laurel and Hardy Festival that they have in Harlem, Georgia, uh, starting on October 6th. 
again, if you don't know who Laurel and Hardy are, there's so many resources and so many ways that you could actually go watch, um, you know, their, their skits and their movies. You can go to YouTube, you go to um, Amazon might have them or Hulu might have them or Netflix might have one. Um, and please check them out. And, and again, as I said before, keep the classic comedians and films alive and keep their legacy going because without duos like that, there would be so many comedians that wouldn't even be doing what they do today. And, and they've really paved the way. Um, so I would love um, for you again, as I said, to check out um, the, the comedy center. And now we're going to take a listen to my interview with Gary Russith and I hope you enjoy it real travels and if you're listening to this i hope you are you guys know that i love the old comedians i love the duos i love the abbott and costello i love jerry lewis and dean martin i love laurel and hardy and today i'm really excited because we actually have gary russeth i hope i pronounced that right from the laurel and hardy museum of harlem georgia on the line with us today how are you gary that sounds real good lisa it sounded like you hit it right on the button there uh good. uh yeah I'm talking to you from the Laurel and Hardy Museum at Harlem, Georgia, the birthplace, actually, of uh, one of our beloved uh, heroes, Oliver Norville Hardy. He uh, he was born here in 1892 at Harlem, Georgia. His uh, father is uh, buried here in the cemetery, and Oliver, the actor, was born Norville Hardy, and he's buried out in California. He passed away in 1957, at age 65. Wow, so even though the museum is dedicated to both of them, the the area itself was where Oliver grew up. Now, where's Laurel? He he wasn't in this area, right? No, he was born in Alverston, England. Arthur Stanley Jefferson. He he became Laurel Laurel uh in, after he came to the well, actually, a little bit before that, but he, uh, his uh, parents were actors in in uh, Alverston. His sister was an actress, and uh, but Stanley came to the United States as an understudy to Charlie Chaplin when he was 17 years old, and he remained in out in California in Santa Monica for the rest of his life. He had a daughter and a son. His son passed away early on, but his daughter just passed away last September of last year. Uh, she would about about to turn 90 years old, but she she didn't quite make it. Oh, wow. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, because, you know, a lot of times the, the gen, my, my generation, I'm in my 50s, you know, yeah. remembers Laurel and Hardy, and especially, you know, you have um, – you know, we'll talk about their famous movie that's always played on at a Christmas time. Um, yeah. But you know, Babes in Toyland. But you know, a lot of the generation today, like my kids and and the younger generation growing up, didn't really grow up watching Laurel and Hardy. Sometimes they got some Abbott and Costello in there. Sometimes they got some of the other people in there. But Laurel and Hardy. You know, I mean, I'd like to reintroduce their comedy to this generation. I mean, talk a little bit about what they were known for. I mean, they were slapstick and, you know, talk a little bit about what they were known for and why they were just so funny. Okay, yeah, they weren't really slapstick. They were more uh, 
uh, like a comedy of problems. Everything they did, they had a problem <laughs> doing it, and and that's what made it funny because it's almost like everyday life for people that, so they can laugh at themselves, and uh, mm-hmm. so Laurel and Laurel and Hardy just uh, hit it off just right. They came into sound, and uh, they were both started out in silent silent film. And uh, they did about 60 silent films apart from each other, and, and actually even in the same studios, they were in the same movies, but not considered at that time as a comedy duo. But then they tried it in 1927. They tried making uh, making them a comedy duo, and it was an in- existent, instant success. They... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they... Uh, they they made this well, movie in 1927, and then after that, they made 105 more movies together and remained buddies their wow. entire life and career. Wow, 105 movies together. Not That's correct. amazing, especially like nowadays, some of the, the, the people that pair up and do movies over and over again, they get to like three, and people have had enough of them <laughs> to do yeah. like 105. Movies is crazy. What do you think the people loved about them and and wanted more and and why they why they became that instant success you were talking about? Well, I think it's the personal problems that they they were involved in in their movies. I think it hits home on a, at a lot of people, and I think that's probably one of the reasons that they're they they remain so popular. I like I can watch their movies over and over and. Never really laugh at them. I just, I just kind of absorb them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I started watching them on a 1947 General Electric portable television set, and uh, oh. that was my introduction in about 1950 to Laurel and Hardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, that that's and and so. First of all, in case anybody can hear anything going on behind you, I do want my audience to know that he's actually in the museum right now, and there are people coming in and out of the museum, which is is awesome. And we're going to talk about exactly what you're going to be able to see when you go there and visit. Um, But I wanted to definitely give a little bit more props to, to Laurel and Hardy first. But I love the fact that you started talking about your love for them. And first of all, the TV that you started watching it on, and you, like you said, there you weren't always like um, falling over laughing at what they were doing, but you identified no. with the situations that they were in, you know, and and it just made you kind of say, oh God, you know, they're like, what's their famous famous expression? It's another fine match. Another fine match. You've get, gotten me into yep, family. You just wanted them to get out of that mess, you know, <laughs> so. One of their one of their one of their very popular movies is the Music Box, and that's where Laurel and Hardy are trying to deliver a piano that was sold, and and they were trying to deliver it to some people way up high, many steps out in California in Culver City, and uh, this, these steps still exist today. So a lot of people go around and visit these sites where they. They actually made their movies, and and it's very interesting. I have myself, I haven't done that, but uh, I know it happens an awful lot. And what we do here at the museum, we show Laurel and Hardy movies. We have a lot of their uh, memorabilia 
around that has been donated to the museum by the Sons of the Desert. It's an appreciation society uh, started by Stan Laurel and Dick Van Dyke, Chuck McCann, Orson Bain, the list goes on, that got started a year before Stanley passed away in 19... This was 1964, and Stan passed away in 1965 at age mm-hmm. 75. Wow. Um, I have to ask you, though, like, I know you're kind of giving us the history of all this, but I'm also interested in your history of how you go from a fan as a kid to actually working at this museum. What's your connection, and how did you get to this point? Well, that's another story. <laughs> I... <laughs> I moved to uh, the Deep South from Minnesota in uh, 13, 13 years ago. My wife and I, we'd do a little a little bit of acting, like dressing up like Laurel and Hardy. She was, she, My wife would be Stanny, too, and I'd be Ollie also. My middle name is Oliver, so I just I had to come up with the name, stage name, so I called myself Ollie also. And... Uh, <laughs> So the, anyways, we moved down here to uh, Harlem, Georgia, uh, we, I, not immediately. We kind of looked around. I retired, and, and uh, I thought, well, let's go and look around and see if we can find a warmer place. I got kind of tired of shoveling snow off the roof. Minnesota's known, known for a lot of <laughs> snow. Yeah. Matter of fact, it kind of never stops snowing. I've been there actually three times on the 4th of July, and it's been snowing. <laughs> kind of hard wow. to believe. <laughs> it's all in the so, record books. <laughs> so you get to Harlem, Georgia. So how do you get to the museum and start volunteering? Well, the museum started in 2002, and we came here actually in 2002 to visit. Uh, we had been to a convention, a, a Sons of the Desert convention in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, my wife and I, and then we decided, well, we're going to, we talked to some lookalikes that uh, dress up like Laurel and Hardy, and they're from Canton, Ohio, and they had been doing that for several years. Uh, they were prof- they're professional clowns, and they also do Laurel and Hardy, and Dennis Moriarty and Dale Walters, Jr., were the uh, stars here for quite some time. They came for several years from Canton, Ohio, down to uh, Harlem for the R. Oliver Hardy Festival. That's the first weekend in October every year. So you start volunteering there. You get involved in all of this. Have you dressed yeah. up um, for as Oliver for any of these events, or do you just do that, you know, like you and your wife going around? We did. We'd, we'd do that. We I brought a Model T down here with me that's been in the parades every year since it's been here. I got a 1915 Last of the Brass first of the electric lights. So that's been in the parade every year for, well, I think this is our, I, I haven't been involved in it that long, but this is their 30, 30th uh, festival this year, which is uh, the first weekend in October. We have thousands of people that come here and it's it's gets quite quite a gets to be quite a fine mess. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little play on so, words. <laughs> so we're let's talk about um the museum and we're gonna go back and talk a little bit more about what people can expect if they want to go to the festival too. So 
Um, okay. You know, if I'm coming there for the first time, um, what can I expect to see, uh, you know, and, and tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of exhibits you have and things like that? Well, as you walk through the door after you park in our parking lot, you walk through the door and you're greeted what by the by the uh, saying, welcome to the all, all the all, no, excuse me, welcome to the Laurel and Hardy Museum of Harlem, Georgia, and uh, people will come in, they'll sign our guest book, and they might give us a donation if they might, if they care to, and and we sell a few items, and and they'll come in and they see a lot of memorabilia, and people are quite shocked when they come in to see all these things that are in here, in tribute to Laurel and Hardy, and. Thanks to the Sons of the Desert, this appreciation society that has uh, many members, 350 members around the world approximately, and uh, each each group has got anywhere from probably uh, five members to close to 350 members, and uh, it's it's amazing. We'll have people walk through the the door here, um, maybe three to four hundred people a month, and out of that we'll have 30 to 60 from any place in the world you name the country because they know the name Laurel and Hardy. They, Laurel and Hardy did their films by uh, reading off a cue cards in many languages, and then they also had the, uh, some of the the uh, countries or some of the areas would have the uh, uh, scrolling uh, type down at the bottom of the screen so they could read it, you know, as the movie progressed. Oh, Wow. I love the fact that they, you know, transcend uh, different languages and different, you know, countries, and, and you're getting, like you said, people from all over the world there. Um, are you open year-round, um, every day? Like, how does that work? Well, we are open uh, year-round, and uh, we're just op- are closed for some of the main uh, days, like Christmas and New Year's and and some of those special occasions like that. But we try to stay open as much as possible. To We've got a big sign out in the road that directs people in here and off of uh, Interstate 20, and, and people see that sign, and they venture down the road. It's about five miles south on, that, uh, on the main street of Harlem you come into, and uh, that's where the museum is right there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get a lot of kids, like young kids that come in? Because like I said before, you know, the, the, some older generations introduce, um, introduce some of the, you know, uh, classic comedians to their kids, but a lot of people don't. I mean, do you get oh, yeah. a lot of young kids walking through the door? We do. We get a lot. Not they, not so much by on their own, but they, a lot of them come in their, with their parents, and they have no clue who Laurel and Hardy are. But when they leave, they got a smile on their face because it was something different. And today, I might point out, they've not only made all their movies in, uh, uh, oh, they've re uh, redone them. So they're they call them remastered remastered uh, mm-hmm. movies and they've made them not only that way but they've turned them into color and now I found out that they're actually starting in 3D uh, something to attract the kids I guess but I, I understand the uh, the uh, Babes in Toyland has been made into three dimension I've seen little clips about it and it's, it's, it's unbelievable how you can sit and watch a television set 
without any uh, glasses or nothing, and you can look on the other side of Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny too. I I I love that, and at the same time, I don't love it. And I guess because <laughs> that's the same, I'm that's that's the same reaction that we get from the from the real. Uh, followers of Laurel and Hardy that they they're not they don't too care for that too much, but it's kind of a reintroduction to uh, the young young minds that uh, need that little extra little extra push. That I, you know that I love. I mean that's the part I love about it because to me if you're introducing them to you know uh, comedians that they've never heard of or never watched before, whatever can get them to say hey they're funny is great as long as they appreciate to go back and watch the originals and watch it in black and white because I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose no. that, that whole classic film look, you That's know. And, and Exactly. I'm a huge Lucy fan, and yeah. to see her being colorized, I mean, there's that part of me that's like, this is really cool. I get to see actually what her hair would look like and what her dress looks like. <laughs> Well, a lot of people, I, a lot of people don't know that uh, Stan Laurel had red hair, brilliant red hair. Wow! Did so when they're colorizing it, are they putting in red hair? Oh, definitely. Yep. Oh wow! I haven't seen any of the colorized ones. Is that something that we would be able to see, like on oh, television yeah, the, at any the, point? They're very prominent. You can go on to uh, some of the the sites like uh oh what's the what's the uh, Netflix things like that you can pick up Laurel and Hardy you can find them on YouTube you can they're all over actually and the uh, colorized ones Oh both yeah both black and white in color yeah Oh wow I didn't know the colorized ones were were out I I've, I've always just you know I always kind of gravitate towards the like I said the black and white um you know so some of, some of I hate to interrupt you, but some of the uh, some of the uh, stills, still pictures that they have taken have been colorized, and it's it's unbelievable how they can retouch those black and white white pictures and turn them into just like it's a picture taken today of a brilliant color. Of their the technology their, is absolutely amazing. You know? Oh, it is. And, yeah. But what I love is like when, when you're sitting at, at Christmas time and you have shows mm. that or movies that come on and you have things like It's a Wonderful Life and you have yeah. I called it Babes in Toyland, but everybody might know it more today is March of the Wooden Soldiers, which comes on and you got that black and white those classic movies. To me, that's just like it's comfort. It's this yeah. old comfort feeling, and they're making you laugh and they're entertaining you i mean do do people come in and talk a lot about march of the wooden soldiers do they want to see a lot of the the um uh you know any kind of the stills or anything from that do you have stuff on that in the museum oh yeah and pretty much uh the uh march of the wooden soldiers are uh, just a beautiful victor hubert musical uh laurel and hardy did uh, a few different musicals swiss miss and and uh Fra Diablo and, and different different movies like this that are that are they're referred to as eight reelers or you know not just a, a two reeler and and mm-hmm. they're long movies they're full length features 
and the uh, the movies that we show here mostly, we have all their movies, but the movies that we show are what's referred to as the B list, the B movies, the short films. They fit into a half an hour time slot, actually, and that was just an accident. But anyways, they, they run about 15, 15 to 20 minutes, these movies, and that's, those are the ones we show. And we just show the black and white ones. That's People have mm-hmm. so much time when they're traveling, and, and uh, they, they, they love to wa- come into the museum and watch a Laurel and Hardy museum, or a m- movie. So let's say they had watched one at the, at the birthplace of Oliver Hardy. How long should people give to tour the museum, um, is it a few hours, a whole day? I mean, you know, oh, what no. would they anticipate? No, people are generally here maybe for for a half an hour, and uh, sometimes some pe- some people will stay maybe and watch two, three, three movies, and and then they're then they're on their way. But they're very appreciative that uh, there's a, a spot that they can they can. Relate to uh, Laurel and Hardy when they're driving down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow! And and you talked about a festival, and you said it, it's every October. Uh-huh. Um, so talk a little bit about this year's festival. When is it being held? And, this year, um, uh, do people have to get tickets or something ahead of time? Oh no! This year it's October sixth, uh, first weekend in October, and. Uh, it, uh, we have uh, vendors up and down the streets. We have uh, entertainment that's going continually, and it's just a day uh, festival. And uh, we get—they say we get anywhere from thirty to forty thousand people here. And I've never personally counted them, but uh, I know it's a lot <laughs> of people. The street gets pretty crowded for <laughs> a period of time. I'm generally in the parade, so I don't have. Uh, I don't have to uh, fight the crowd so much. I do come to the museum, though, and, and help out during the festival because we have people, uh, the Sons of the Desert, come from all over the uh, United States and, and come here to to celebrate the festival with us. I told my brother about that fan club because when I was a kid, he was obsessed with um, March of the Wooden Soldiers and with Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges. And I grew up, like, you know, with with him talking about them all the time, and I told him, you really need to join this group. Like, this group is made for you, you know. They're your people. You could go talk about these guys all the time, you know. That's that's what he should do. Absolutely. Is he around the same age then, too? Because he's just at the perfect age. He's seven years yeah, he's seven years older than I am, so he's, oh, yeah. um, he just turned 60. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. So, so what part of the country am I talking to you at? Oh, I am based out of the Hudson Valley, New York area. Oh, New York. Okay, I kind of was thinking yep. it would be. <laughs> I have the your New name, York accent. Your name, your name kind of <laughs> gives it away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know there's a lot of Iannucci's here in New York, so I'm not yeah. surprised. You know, yeah. but if I want to travel down to you in in Harlem, in Harlem, Georgia, um, I know we already talked about the museum, and people can go see the the Oliver Hardy birthplace. And talk a little bit about, if you can, if you can even tell people, you know, if they want to take a trip there, 
what else is there to do in the area that if, you know, they want to make it a bigger trip, if I'm going to travel all the way from, from New York just for this museum, what else could I see there? Well, we have a big bird sanctuary here that's uh, about 1,600 birds. It's feather, feathered friends forever, and uh, they all talk at once when you go over there and visit the birds. They're so excited oh, to wow. have somebody to talk to. And uh, and then you can also come to my museum. My, I have the Ollie Elso and Stanley Two Fine Miss Old Car Museum of Harlem, Georgia, it's uh, it's a mouthful. Talk about that. Talk about okay. that. Tell us about uh, like where we can find that and what you have. That's awesome. I okay. did not know that. <laughs> well, I'm just a block and a half. My wife runs that uh, museum. I'm just a block and a half from this from our doors here at the Laurel and Hardy Museum, and I make full size cars out of wood. Uh, just finished uh, recently the uh, General Steam Locomotive from the Civil War. I made that in half scale. It's all made out of wood. I made every log in the tender. And uh, people, when they come over to see it, they uh, they, they think it's quite amazing. <laughs> I, wow. I, I can't I can't pull my own chain, so I don't I don't uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I make full size cars out of wood too. The same thing. Old the old brass era cars, steering wheels on the right hand side and and uh, spoke wheels. And, uh, All right. I look, think I, did you I send you a picture? Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna. I'm going. Send me one because let let me explain this to the people who are listening. So, uh-huh. when Gary talked about his um, museum, I immediately jumped on to his website, which is Gary Rousseff, R-U-S-S-E-T-H. Yeah dot weebly w e e b o y dot com slash museum. Okay, he is underselling himself. These cars <laughs> are ridiculous. They and, I, and that's a good ridiculous. And they're gorgeous. It's like you literally just went back in time, and they are beautiful. So if you get a chance, go to the website, check it out. If you're down in Harlem, Georgia, please not only go to the um, to the Oliver Hardy uh, Laurel and Hardy Museum, but please go see Gary's museum as well because th- this is a site. This is an absolute site, and you are one talented man, absolutely talented. Um, well, thank you, thank you, Lisa, for pulling my chain. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Um, so you, we I talked like about to, your we, museum. Could, Go ahead. Could you say hello to uh, one of our other volunteers here at the museum, if I can get her to say hello? I would hello. love to. Okay. I would love is, to. If she come on, I'd love to know why she volunteers there. That would be great. Yeah, this is Nancy Morrison. I'm going to put her on here for a second. Here Sounds she is. good. All right. <laughs> Lisa. Hello, Lisa. This is so awesome. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, you definitely have that Georgia accent going on. I can, yes, I, I do. Right away. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not Georgia. At least it's southern. I was born in Mississippi, so. Oh wow! I, um, so I definitely have Mississippi. A, Go ahead. To Georgia, my husband was in the military, and was stationed at Fort Gordon here. So. When you get to Georgia, how did you become a volunteer at the museum? Were you always a fan of Laurel and Hardy's? 
Well, not really, but when I retired, I was a branch manager of a library in Augusta, Georgia, and I retired in a, a, the librarian here. Her sister wanted me to work for the city at that time, and she asked the girl to ask me to volunteer, so I did. That was a time in my life I didn't say no. <laughs> and I should so have practiced. you start volunteering. Have you since become a fan? Yes. Uh-huh. What do you like about them? I mean, because to me, if you have to do a job every day, even if you're just volunteering, you really need to like what you're doing. So what is it that you've come to like about Laurel and Hardy um, seeing this museum and what they've accomplished in their life? Well, what I really like is the people that come in to see them, talking to them. I'm basically a very shy person, but when I can speak to people who come in the museum and talk to them, and I just enjoy talking to the people from all over the world. Do you have any stories that kind of stick out in your mind about somebody that you've spoken to that either came from a really long distance or had a really unique story about their connection to Laurel and Hardy? Do you remember any stories in particular? No, but most of those from overseas talked about watching the movies as a child. And, I, you know, that sticks out, but really... Nobody's really told any special program. I mean, stories. They just and they come here mainly to see them. That's the awesome part. I mean, to 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 know that you watch something as a kid and you're overseas and you make a trip to the United States to specifically go to this museum and see information on these guys that you grew up watching. I mean, that's what my show is all about. That's what my book is all about. And that's really what I try to teach people to do is to say, hey, you know, all these things you watched growing up, there are places to go out and see based on these either celebrities or the movies that you loved. And that's what I love hearing is that you guys have people from all over the world who do just that. That is, that is, that's fantastic. No, we do. They really, they remember watching them as children. I mean, going every weekend to see them, and that they mm-hmm. that they really enjoyed them. That's awesome. And um, Nancy, it's it's absolutely awesome talking to you as well. And um, thank you so much for the volunteer work that you do at a museum like this, because. Without volunteers and without the donations and without the the hard work of people keeping these things alive, you know, they could have just been dismissed and and destroyed along the years. So, um, you know, what you do is very, very important. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) He's here. Thank you. Yeah, Lisa, I just wanted to point out, too, yeah, uh, we have a water tower here with Oliver's face on it. We have murals <laughs> painted on a lot of the buildings around the town. There's, uh, what else? We got oh, a monument of the, where the uh, house that was torn down in 1957 where Ollie was born. There's a monument right there, and that's right in the heart of Harlem. And mm-hmm. uh, just right on, right on the other side of the tracks. 
and we're at the museum here. This was a post office, and a re- retired post office, and we're just a block, uh, probably a block and a half from the tracks, and then the monument is just on the other side of the tracks where the, mm-hmm. the designation were uh, the house he was born in, which well, I understand it was his grandparents' house on his mother's side, wasn't it? On Miss, and uh, but anyways, they uh, they tore it down in 1957, the same year that he passed away. I, I like making things, so I would have made a uh, a scale model of the house. It was just a, a not much of a house. It was uh, actually a picture of an iron license plate, plate hand drawn picture. But uh, Oliver's got a lot of cousins around here yet. His One of his cousins was a third cousin, and he was the mayor of Harlem uh, for 14 years, I believe it was. And he kind of helped get the uh, the museum going or getting a festival going. Yeah, getting the festival going, and then eventually it blossomed into having a museum, and, and uh, the rest is history. That's that's what I love about this because, as I mentioned, you know, I mean, a lot of people volunteer for you guys, um, whether it be during the parade or, or the, the the festival day in, in the like yourself in the museum. Uh, oh. Museums depend on that; they depend on volunteers, they depend on donations, oh and yeah. especially, you know, when you're talking about uh, museums like this that um, really house older stuff that could have been destroyed. When they died, it could have been, yeah. you know, just discarded. And so for the work that you do and have done and even talking to me, thank you, you know, because yeah. I love the fact that you guys are keeping this alive. This is awesome. My pleasure. I wish I could have talked to Linda Cardwell. She's a lady that's been here since the festival started, and she just finally retired now this uh, this year. And uh she she's a, a great spokesperson, and she would have been really giving you a good story. <laughs> well, you know what? We're just going to have to book her on another show, and we're just going to have to do this again because I have no problem doing that. <laughs> I think I think I think she'd do it. I think she'd do it. Matter of fact, I think you talked to her a little bit on email. I I think I mm-hmm. first got uh, contact. You contacted us, and for some reason. It it didn't get answered right away, and uh, but anyways, uh, we eventually touched base. <laughs> yep, and just so everybody knows out there, you know, uh, the Laurel and Hardy Museum of Harlem, Georgia, is in my book. Um, so please do two things today, and that is number one, go on to Facebook and like their um, site, and it's the Laurel and Hardy Museum of Harlem, Georgia. All you have to do is look that up and yep. like their page, and then say to yourself, you know what, that's where I need to go. I need to go down to Harlem, Georgia. I need to go visit this museum. I need to support um, the, these classic comedians who really were just hilarious and, and were, are just legends, absolute legends. And um, then, okay, of course you're going to take my book on the road and you're going to follow all the things I tell you to do in my book, but then you're also going to go and visit um, Gary's car site and you're going to visit all of these other things that we talked about today, like the water tower and, and, and his resting and Ollie's resting place. 
So please put a trip together because you know it would be it would be even perfect timing to do it in October when this festival is going on. Um, but you're going to have to book a little bit ahead of time because with 40 or 50,000 people coming, I guarantee you hotels are probably going to fill up pretty soon. It's July. It's June already. It's July. Wow. Look at yeah. Um, <laughs> so is yeah, there we've already got else? our we've already got our t-shirts uh, ready to go. Well, Order. there you go. That is definitely the start of a party, if you if you ask me. You know, go down there, see the festival, see the parade, get yourself your 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 t-shirts. Have some great food, um, you know, and, and really pay tribute to, to uh, these legends and, and to Oliver Hardy and where he grew up, um, you know. So I've, I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you, Gary. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know before I let you get back to doing what you do, and that's volunteering? Well, I, I sit here and make cartoons. That's what I do for uh, waiting for people <laughs> to come through the door. But, uh, no, I want to thank you very much for this neat uh, opportunity to be interviewed. I, I, I haven't done this much before. I've been on television a couple times with my woodworking projects, but as far as uh, as far as far uh, outright talking on the air, I haven't been doing that very much. <laughs> you did a wonderful job. Um, I've had people on this show. I've had a lot of people on this show, and I'm going to tell you, you know, you, you did perfectly fine, and you, well, you held your own, and I think you did a great job. And, um, you know, I really am thankful, like I said, to, to have this opportunity to talk about um, the museum. So, Gary, thank you very, very much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Well, Gary, I'm going to say it one more time. Thanks so much for being on the show. Like I said, it's volunteers like you that keep places like this going. And I'm so glad we had a chance to go into some detail about what the museum offers. And I talked to you guys a couple episodes ago telling you that I'm going to stop the use of the phrase, you know, because I realized how much of a bad habit that was that I had gotten into. Unfortunately, that particular interview was taped prior to my promise to you. And I have a few others coming up that were taped prior to my promise uh, to you. So I am going to work on it. And in case you hear it in upcoming episodes, it's because I do my interviews pre-recorded. but I'm working on it. I promise. Anyway, that is the latest edition of Real Travels. And please follow me on Twitter at Virgin Traveler. Please follow my podcast, And finally, don't forget, if you don't have your own copy of On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide, please order it today. My name is Lisa Iannucci, and I'll see you next week. In the meantime, get out and travel. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.